GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand. On Gibraltar today, with me Kelly on board, sitting in for Jonathan Scott. Four new firefighters have completed their training in the UK. Three of them joined me in the studio, Julian Wachnon, Jimmy Roba and Michael Gracia. Heading to university for the first time is a big step. The Ministry of Education's Wayne Barton tells us about a website that's been launched to support Gibraltar students. But first, tensions at the frontier over the long weekend. Our reporter, Kem Ruiz, brought us up to speed. A lot of anger on mm-hmm. Friday. People upset, plans being upset as well. Strong words from the Deputy Chief Minister, um, Dr Joseph Garcia, who said Gibraltar would reciprocate. Um, and as from this week, if things continued that way, we would be implementing measures similar to those introduced by Spain. The government said they had not had any official communication from Spain as to the reason for the delays. We've heard many excuses or reasons over the years. They might be testing new systems. I think um, if that were the case, a bank holiday weekend was perhaps not the best weekend. Um, we've had, um, there's always a temporary staff down at the frontier during the summer months. Nothing has been confirmed to the government. We did hear stories about the fact that they might have been looking for someone, which is another reason we hear quite often. But the official line from the Spanish Ministry of the Interior from Interiores was that there had been no changes at the frontier on a Friday. Um, they tell us... Um, no ha habido ningún cambio o alteración en la normativa o procedimiento que rige en el control documental para entrar o salir de España. So, as according to the Spanish Ministry for the Interior, Friday was just a normal day, even though we saw changes in the way mm-hmm. things were done and on the ground. And people stuck in those queues for hours on end for probably would have end. disagreed with that. Yes. We have actually heard from some listeners as well who've been in touch. Albert describing the queues as unjustified, disproportionate, inhumane, immoral, unethical and illegal. People feeling very strongly about this. Uh, Rodney, it's us locals who suffer long queues into our homeland. Francis, who mentions Aztec, who of course has also um, you know, reacted to these latest delays. He says that they should complain more often to their own government in Madrid. Eddie sharing similar sentiments. And Salvador thinks Gibraltar will foster good relations. He's using the hashtag one world, one people. So it's something every time there are delays at the frontier, it's something that gets people quite agitated, isn't it? Understandably. Of course, I mean, Gibraltar obviously a cross-frontier community. We go across, they come across. There's families on both sides of the border. There's a dependence. Um, Both communities depend on each other. So obviously that frontier, uh, very, very important and very important to maintain that flow. We've spoken to the government this morning. They tell us that they're monitoring the situation at the frontier. We've got no further updates as such. We don't know if uh, the government thinks the pattern over the weekend um, was a normal one. Hopefully we'll be hearing from them during the course of the afternoon um, and what they think of those patterns. Um, So far, it seems today, things seem quite normal at the frontier. We actually heard from some of those affected the mornings, yeah, you get stuck in massive queues because, you know, they want to check every passport. Not for the Spanish, obviously, they go straight through, but, um, yeah. Yo no sé esto es lo que pasa aquí hoy, ¿no? Pues normalmente está casi todos los días, pero hoy es peor que otros días. No sé qué motivo será el cabrón. Ridiculous queue, we're on our way to a wedding and absolutely bacon, wearing a woolen kilt, so not the best weather to be stuck in a queue, but what can we say? Spain's playing games again. So. We've been two hours and ten minutes since four o'clock. And if I didn't have to go because she's having a last sleepover before school starts, we would have gone out to the queue and gone home. Came out over here and people are honking their horns. Um, Me personally, um, I'm not letting it get to me. 
you know, because uh, it's not going to do anything. We're not going to move anywhere fast. Um, so I'm just being as patient as I can. Are you or are your children preparing to head to university? It's a big step, particularly if it's your first year of uni. And so a website has been launched by the Ministry of Education to support Gibraltar students entering higher education. The department's Wayne Barton is here to tell us more. Good afternoon, Wayne. Good afternoon, Claire. Uh, going to university, Wayne, it's a massive step, isn't it, for, for our students? Indeed, and I think uh, every individual's journey is different. And I think part of the idea of the website is to um, remove that myth that it's uh, that there's no challenges when you actually transfer over and transit into higher education. So so very much with a resource base in mind, thinking of uh, themes that students would find useful and very much a first step in building the website, but hopefully developing it further as we move forward. Now, the release of this website, it follows a review of pupils' mental health and emotional well-being. Uh, what did that review find? Okay, the review itself was quite extensive. It actually happened over a number of years. Uh, from 2017 to 2019, it was a three-phase um, uh, project itself. We looked at uh, primary education, later secondary education, and then went on to tertiary education, looking at transitions into higher education, where the website, one of the recommendations, actually emanated from. The the um, the actual review itself complement a lot of the findings uh, actually were used to actually complement a lot of the work that uh, teachers are already doing. It's a question of bringing those work streams together, coordinating them a bit better. And one, one key um, recommendation that was supported by government at the time was the, the recruitment of um, school counsellors. That was something that was going back a while now, but uh, um, COVID in between, they've been in place for just over three years now. So that was a huge step from having no counsellors. We, we managed to recruit uh, a total of four. And hopefully from last manifesto, we're looking at a possible, possibility of another two. So multiple work streams, the, the web, website being one of them. And, and as I say, that all was formulated into a, an, over, over, an overview on a, a strategy for, for mental health within schools. It is a difficult time, especially for teenagers in the lead up to their GCSEs, their A-levels, they're hitting puberty, they're, they're, they're not quite developed yet, they're not yeah. adults, but they're not children. It's a very difficult time. And then when heading into university, how many, I don't know whether we have the statistics for this, but how many students don't make it through university and decide to come yeah. home? The, the statistics, if I can refer back to the, the tertiary review, or they're looking at the tertiary education, the, the, um, the withdrawal rate was around 2% which doesn't sound a lot, but if you look at individual cases and individual families and extended families, the impact on uh, emotion and, and financial situations can be quite significant. So even though it's 2%, not all of that 2% um, were due to mental health or, or stress-related issues, but a good 50% of that 2% were, were students coming back was because they hadn't really been prepared or they had some sort, sort of emotional problem. So um, from the stats, I don't have the latest stats, but I think the actual rate uh, has actually increased with the number of students that are actually accessing university and higher education. And when we did the actual review, those are on on average about 1,000 students in higher education at a given time. I think that's more 1,600 now. So obviously there's there's more kids out there, so the likelihood is there's there's more more, more students potentially returning. So the the, the website itself, really, what we're trying to do is is uh, get students to um, reflect, to think whether it's the right time to go to study, um, is it the right course, is it the right university. And the first part of the website itself uh, gives us a good introduction to that. Um, Chelsea Celeste, one of our 
uh, SNLSA was also actually a qualified um, counsellor or psychotherapist. LSA learning support assistant. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> just for, uh, you yeah, know, yeah, just sure, the jargon. <laughs> yeah. um, um, she was actually brought in to support uh, our team and covering a period of maternity leave. She actually produced a, a piece which actually specifically goes at that. She, she's a recent, obviously she recently left university, so everything was fresh in terms of what her experiences were. So she was asked to produce that introductory piece for the website. So really, a uh, question of uh, of reflecting at uh, the right time, right university, um, but also consider options in Gibraltar itself. Say there's, uh, there's brilliant and viable options in the University of Gibraltar. So again, it's a question of, is it right for me to, to, to go or not? Or the courses available locally meet, 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 the, meet the requirements. So say we've done, we've done work with a number of different uh, stakeholders. We've consulted with a, a range of people within society. And we came up with a number of themes for the actual website which we can go into a bit more detail if you want. Yeah, uh, definitely. As, as yeah, we've got time to, time to go through all of them. I was going to say, you, you mentioned how everyone's journey is different. And I think back to when I was in school, the, the Gibraltar University wasn't an option back then. Yeah. Uh, but it was almost a, very much um, peer pressure to go to university. You were in the minority if you didn't. And I actually did my degree through the Open University via correspondence, but I think I was the only person in my year to do so. Okay. So this way, I mean, you're, you're offering all this information on the website. So hopefully that will encourage people who might not be uh, suited to university or might not want to go for a multitude of different reasons it lets them know that this isn't you know school isn't the end of their journey they've got different options absolutely that the university of gibraltar being one of them as i say it's it's a question really of of having those conversations of uh, of getting the information looking at the the scholarship checklist as an example that's one of the the domains within the the website to actually see what the requirements are what your obligations are, are a student as a student are towards the essentially the taxpayer the taxpayer is paying for 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 your study so is a an issue of of obligation of accountability in in that sense so really it's a, a question of um using the the, the, the website as, as a resource to make your best uh, informed decision moving forward also some tips for those who might not want to go towards a degree route and perhaps want to apply for jobs instead maybe go on a gap year so some advice there for for people who are applying for jobs and and some tips on on how to act in an interview yeah, that's correct um colleagues within other directors within within government have actually produced a, a website that actually steers students towards towards that that link is contained within the the website itself there's also some advice with regards to CV writing, applying for, for jobs, skill-based CVs, um, uh, summer job availability, um, strategies for, for transitions. So there's a range of issues that, that students can, can probe and see whether it, it actually helps them in any, any, any way. When choosing a career as well, you're so young at just 18 when you're applying for universities and trying to, to choose which degree you want. It's so difficult. How are we expected to choose like a life-defining degree um, at that young age? So what can help or what okay. advice would you offer students who are in that predicament? Perhaps they've already chosen now for this year, but yeah. moving forward. This is a very, very valid point. The, the scholarship checklist itself, which was produced by a colleague in the Department of Education, Monica Glynn, actually goes into a lot of detail. And one of those, one of the actual themes within that is is whether you need to change course, change university, and so on. So within the website itself, uh, drop down menu within the scholarship section, we, we can actually see what the the guidance towards that is. Within that section, also you've got all the contact details for the scholarship team within the department of education, be it emails and telephone numbers. So essentially, the information is there. Just uh, encouraging students to to check it out and um, and see what what works for them. 
Um, interestingly, from a stats point of view, and on the first day we launched, it was the last Tuesday, I think we had some something like just over 320 hits within within that uh, 24-hour period. So what we were planning to do is monitor on a monthly basis, see what the activity is. Obviously, we've got a bank holiday in between. But from Tuesday to this Tuesday, we've had over 600 um, visits to, to the actual site. So uh, very much hoping that um, once students and parents and carers, for that matter, review the content, um, there is a comment section within within the website itself where you can give us feedback in terms of works well, what doesn't work that well, or what, what additional domains we could actually include. So very much a first step in populating the website, but very much live in terms of, of, of adding content as we move forward. Because primarily, of course, it will benefit those heading to university for the first time, but even for those who are maybe in their second, third year, and as you said, for the family members, because it's a big step for, for the student, but also a massive step for, for the parents and the loved ones that they're leaving behind back in Jib. Absolutely, yes. Uh, one thing I didn't mention before was was the um, even existing students that are, that are finishing their first degree and are contemplating a master's. Um, obviously, the, the question of whether they could do that locally as well, that option does, is opened up within the, the website as well. We're linked to the University of Gibraltar's website, so any students that are aspiring to a master's who have done three years in the UK and feel um, they'd want to continue their studies locally, that is another option that is, is provided and information is contained within the website specific under the, the University of Gibraltar section. We're very lucky in Gibraltar um, that, of course, we get our grants from government, so that covers your your course, your your flights, uh, the essentials. But uh, you said you know finances can be an issue for some families, and the the cost of living crisis is an issue. Prices continue to go up. Independent living, learning how to budget by yourself these are all major life skills that yeah. perhaps students are going into university without really having much experience of. So, what kind of advice does a website offer in terms of that? Absolutely. Obviously, the, the, the finances can be a big one for, for the student as well as the, the parents, carers. The, we actually reached out early on to the FSC. Uh, we, the, the person actually who was liaising with us directly was um, Lauren Sacramento. I think she'd done some work in the past with regards to providing bespoke information for, for students in university. So obviously we met up, we had a chat obviously with her, with her, with her colleagues as well. And the sort of information they, they brought back was more of a financial awareness perspective on, on issues such as budgeting, um, how to, to manage overdrafts, uh, savings, tips on, on finances generally. So as I say, it's, it's, it's there. Um, what we are hoping to do in the future, and again, this, this is a resource, a standalone resource website, but we are hoping to make it interactive if, if we find that um, obviously the, it's visited often and, it's, and it is generating uh, or finding it quite useful for students is to actually have a back end to the, to the website as well, whereby um, people in the FSC, uh, from GHA, uh, in from the scholarship, we can have, have direct feedback that way. We're not, we're not at that stage yet. Obviously, that'll, that'll, that would, um, would, um, would incur somebody sitting and looking at individual emails and, and be able to resource that. So essentially it's a resource issue now, but after the first year when we review the, the website, it's something we were looking at as a potential avenue moving forward again.
So you've covered uh, the budgeting, you've covered the advice on how to choose your degree. Let's say you get to university and uh, you're in your new kitchen and maybe you've never cooked something for yourself before. I've got lots of memories of friends who went to university who just didn't have a clue how to cook for themselves. It is a a big challenge for many students leaving home. And I think as well, in terms of like homesickness, one of the things that you miss most is is your your family cooking and all your favourite, exactly, your (laughs) favourite Janita recipes. So um, there is is an element on on your website dedicated to cooking. Yes, interestingly, uh, we presented the, 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 the concept to the senior management in the Department of Education before obviously going live and making some, um, getting some initial feedback to, to improve things even further. And it was actually that meeting that somebody brought up the idea of recipes. I don't recall who it was, but a great initiative, I thought. So we've included that as well. What we do have is a link to Mamalotti's sort of recipes, and we're looking at developing that a bit more in terms of giving that local flavour to the website, but also uh, attaching people back uh, from from a home perspective. What would you say when you went to university? What was like your staple um, meal that you would make or miss the most when you were there? Actually, I... I, I I, I joined the nursing profession at 16, so my, all my studies were done locally. Um, once I was a fully qualified, mm-hmm. qualified nurse, then I went to university. So yeah. I did slightly Which is different. another example yeah. of how everyone's journey is different. Completely. And you didn't have to miss your yeah. home cooking food. Yeah. <laughs> your home cooked food. <laughs> By then I knew how to cook myself. Yeah. So did my colleague who came with us. Yeah, good. So, um, uh, we touched on this earlier about you know the importance of choosing your your degree. Uh, in other countries recently, you might have heard on the news that there are Taylor Swift degrees that are now being offered around the world and about her music, which might be very well and good if you're a fan of her music. But then, what do you do with that afterwards? No one once you once you finish. So um, yeah, in terms of choosing a degree that's not only going to fulfil you but also support your lifestyle, the balance is is quite hard, and to choose. Absolutely. And I think it's a question also of looking at employability. Where, where are the gaps in the workforce? Uh, where, where can, be it the private sector or, or in government, where the skills deficit is? So and I'd encourage kids to actually look into, into that before they choose their degree, if obviously they want to come back to Gibraltar and, and, and have a career and so on. So really it's about the informing yourself the best way you can, speak to, to colleagues, other, other students have gone to, to, um, to university but also do the research in terms of the, the employment base within Gibraltar. And obviously that's, that will hopefully give you a, a better chance of being successful, not only at that transition, but getting your degree at the end of the process. So a lot of uncertainty for those who are about to embark on this new experience. It is anxiety-inducing and worrying is, of course, normal. But for someone experiencing it now, it can make the whole experience far more overwhelming. So what would you say to, to students who are um, getting ready to pack and leave Gibraltar perhaps for the first time? I think it's important to have, um, we use the term travel buddies, no? Look, looking at uh, people who are going through the same experience as you, um, locals on campus, kids that uh, are still studying or studying close to you, um, uh, maybe want to study together in groups, uh, issues like that. So I think it's, it's good to, to get away, um, mix with other, other people from different cultures, but also have that link back to, to locals as well. I think it's comforting. Um, I think nowadays with, with with social media and mobile phones, most kids know where they're going and, and how close they are. So I think that would just add to making things easy as we move forward. Lovely. And as you said, it is still very much a, a work in, in progress. There is, I mean, I had a look at the website before. It's... Um it feels very well developed. We said there is room for improvement and you're going to carry yeah. on working on it. So just a reminder of, of the website for us to, to visit and if anyone wants to get in contact with suggestions. Yeah. It's uh, www.gibraltarstudents.gi. It went live last Tuesday 
um, any comments. So there's, there's a comments section within the website itself. Uh, anybody, be it student, aspiring student, or parent to care for that matter, any suggestions, please post it on the actual website. That'll get back to myself and the team. We'll review those. And I say the plan is to review the website um, at least every three months to see how things are going, what the activity is, and any constructive comments, obviously, with regards to content or um, uh, updating contact content. We obviously get in contact with our web designer, Jerry, who I believe uh, um, is known to the, just came up on the report now that she obviously yeah. was a web designer for, yeah. mm-hmm. for us. And we'll continue to monitor and, and develop as we move forward. Four new firefighters have completed their training at the Fire Service College in Morton and Marsh in the UK. Three of the new firefighters are here in the studio now. We have Julian Wahnon, who will be joining the Gibraltar Fire and Rescue Service, as well as Jamie Robber and Michael Gracia, who will be joining the Airport Fire and Rescue Service. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having us. Welcome back to Jib as well. (laughs) How was it being in the UK for those eight weeks? Uh, Good. It was intense. Um... It was a lot of training, a lot of uh, physical aspects to it, a lot of new, a lot of things we had to learn in a small amount of time. Um, it was enjoyable. It was very enjoyable. It almost felt like we'd be back at uni again. Mm-hmm. But um, I think, no, we all... Yeah, definitely. Um, it was demanding, you know. Had a, it was a structured programme um, from about 8am to 5pm every day. Um, we started off, you know, with three weeks in basic... Uh, firefighter foundation skills, you know, ladder work, uh, <coughs> uh, lines and knots and lines, hose skills, etc. Uh, and then we went into you know RTCs and BA, and those were the more yeah. in, you know the more intense, uh, more intense work. What would you say was the most challenging during the training? Uh, definitely, I, I'd say BA week. Physically, it's probably the most demanding part of the. What does BA week mean? <laughs> breathing apparatus. So oh, okay. Basically, this is they'd put you into like simulated real life scenarios. We'd have to uh, enter um, burning buildings, um, uh, save casualties, um, just make it as, as as realistic as possible for us. And uh, it's really like it takes a toll on uh, on you after doing numerous wears on the on the same week. It can be quite demanding, but it's probably the most enjoyable part as well because like you get to experience what like. Um, exactly like the closest thing to proper firefighting whilst being a student Mm -hmm. and I mean obviously this is all very like physically demanding but how challenging is it for you mentally as well uh, going through a process like this especially that week is is talking about and over in UK while we were there it was actually a heat wave so we imagine being with the full fire kit uh, dragging in a a 45 uh, hose that weighs almost 90 kilos and then having to firefight and then drag casualties out and the 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 facilities there in actually Morton were very realistic. It'd have proper high-rise buildings of two stories, proper houses, and the, the fire would be maybe on the second floor, so we'd have to go in as a team and obviously fight the fire and then having to drag out casualties, which would weigh 60 to 70 kilos each casualty. So, yeah, it was quite physically demanding. And mentally, the heat stress involved in all that, as well you could tell it's told you could see people's characters change because it, it was very like what's from dehydration and exhaustion from the heat stress you you feel it you feel it definitely hitting you're, you're, you're talking about uh, you know heat exhaustion the signs and symptoms what to expect uh, just so that you are aware when you're getting into a burning building yeah. uh, what can happen you know but apart from that you know the the, the mentally challenging parts are we, we also had exams every every week more or less um Maybe some some a couple of times a week as well, 
So, so that's why it felt like going back to uni, no? yeah, <laughs> a little yeah, bit yeah. as well. No, nobody was like the yeah. physically demanding bits, like go into a burning building, but in the afternoon have to study. Exactly, for you have to after uh, demand. Like in, in it, it, there were days where we had to do both physical and um, theoretical assessment. So maybe in the morning we'd be out uh, up until lunchtime, like we said. Uh, be, uh, having a couple of BA wares um, or whatever was um, instructed for that day and then we'd had to go back have maybe a short break and then straight into an exam and you'd be, and you'd be like oh, I'm physically exhausted like uh, I need <laughs> you can see what they're, what they're trying to replicate is the actual profession not yeah, the job yeah. I mean it's a demanding job so that's what they're trying to you know the the discipline uh, you know the physical training then you go into an exam then you do this then you do that so they're just trying to replicate what the job entails like you said uh, a demanding on. job and a job where you're literally putting your life on the line it's life-saving yeah. work so mm. is this something that you've always aspired to do a career that you've wanted to pursue for a long time i have my late granddad was a firefighter in the city if i regret actually and i have an uncle on either side so a bit of a enchufar, a bit maybe. <laughs> no, but yes, I've always aspired Following to... Following in the family footsteps. Yeah, be the third uh, generation firefighter. No, actually fourth because my granddad's dad as well was a firefighter. So you say enchufar, but I mean, this training is, is so intense. You, you've earned your place. No, no, yeah, I was really joking around. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, to be fair, even in UK, they would respect the training process we have here in Gibraltar was very highly thought of. Like a few people would say, are you guys from Gibraltar, the airport, the city? And like they would respect that the training process is quite hard compared to even UK. Yes, so there's more applicants in the UK, um, but the training, the the actual entry, the entry physical tests are slightly less intense as as here in Jib, which you know which surprised us. Yeah. Surprised, but we thought maybe we were the same, but um, just surprises that yeah that we are we we have that sort of intensity, you know, and they they look they look up to it. So what's next for you guys? I mean, Julian, you're joining the Gibraltar Fire and Rescue Service. Uh, so you have, is it a two-week diving course that you've got up next? Yeah, I've, I've already won. I've got a rope rescue course, which I've already started. And then a, a subsurface uh, rescue diver course coming up in over the next couple of months. Which must be so quite unique to Gibraltar. Unique. Definitely, definitely. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a unique skill uh, that I'll be learning. And yeah, I mean, in Jib we've got that, that risk, you know, that we're surrounded by water, so you definitely have to have to know what's uh, what, what could come. Yeah, and Jamie and Michael, you both will join the Airport Fire and Rescue Service. You've also carried out a further two weeks of aviation firefighting and rescue training, so how did that go? Uh, it was really good, to be fair. The same, the facilities there were really good. Like, you have had proper abandoned planes in, the, like, this abandoned... Well, not abandoned, this airfield, makeshift airfield, and same thing. We, it was just a week where we had non-stop incident scenarios. And we had to have maybe two a morning, we had to go and firefight in this plane or this scenario's happened there and we'd have what, four ways maybe one day? See, um, some of the times we were up to um, three to four times a day. I think I had around like 10 wears in yeah. three or four wears days. Is when we have to go with a full exactly. kit and all that, yeah. Okay. So it's and, quite a lengthy uh, process. Yeah, <laughs> we had like a board basically and you had to tick off different um, positions so you'd have a uh, BA wearer um, driver etc so you'd have all these uh, positions and you'd get ticked off accordingly and sometimes you had to cover for other people because they were being assessed and um, we would uh, yeah. after every single day we'd just be completely shattered because it would be it'd be just a a really, really long process of like just yeah. That, that week was very physically strenuous, but it's really week. enjoyable because it's they make like again they make it as real as possible. You that you literally just 
in a in you're in this cabin just maybe having a chat with everyone and then all of a sudden uh, you get you hear these alarms or you get these uh, comms over the radio we um relaying the information about the the incident and everyone will just have to uh, get all ready systems go. exactly <laughs> ready as quickly as possible get onto the appliances and head out and you don't know what to expect thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar today i'm kelly and borge the show's producer We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from 1 to 2, getting behind the headlines. And you can catch up here whenever you like. Until next time, have a good one. GBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand.